You're listening to Grounded, a podcast by the Oregon Department of Energy. Welcome, Grounded listeners. I am your host, Erica Hirsch, and today we're going to learn about Oregon's first net zero preschool, the New Day School. This episode took on a life of its own. As I talked to an educator from the New Day School, it was completely clear that I couldn't share the full story without getting in touch with the design and build group that led this project, Green Hammer. Please forgive any audio challenges. Both interviews were recorded remotely. Let's listen. Welcome, Didi Jagita. I am so excited that you're here with me today. Could you please introduce yourself and give our listeners a little bit of background? Sure. Um, my name, like you mentioned, is Didi Jaigita, and I am a yogic nun of New Day Anandamarga, which is part of an organization uh, based on uh, neo-humanism and Ashtanga yoga that was started by P.R. Sarkar, um, who is an Indian yogic philosopher, a contemporary Indian yogic philosopher um, out of West Bengal, India. So... I work at the New Day School, which is our main project here in Portland. Um, We're a preschool that uh, supports families um, and children age two and a half to seven uh, when they come back for aftercare. And I've been working there for 16 years now. And I, I, before I was here doing this work, I actually worked as a marine and environmental scientist for several years. I was working as a marine environmental consultant uh, when I got out of college and I worked there for several years. And basically I felt like I was putting band-aids on some of our environmental tumors. Um, I'm very passionate about the natural world and I really wanted to do something to preserve our beautiful resources. So um I found that that work wasn't for me and it it really led me onto this path of not only um, self-reflection, but also a path of education. And so that's what led me to being serving as an educator like I do right now. Great. Thank you for that. So one of the reasons specifically why I wanted to talk to you, the school that you're at now, New Day School, and the project that you all took on with making it a net zero energy school, which is, Mm -hmm. I learned the first in Oregon, very exciting. I would love to know, I guess, first, what inspired, I mean, I could tell already from your background, of course, why you would be inspired to do this work, but maybe why specifically now, or or just recently, why you could take on this project and maybe those first steps, how you did that. Sure, sure. Um, Well, I would say that it kind of starts, it was twofold. One, it kind of starts by what our values are. So I told you um, the school is based on Ashtanga yoga, but also a philosophy called neo-humanism. So that philosophy was a big part of what drives the school and what drives a lot of our choices. Um, With that, uh, we were coming upon a time where our buildings were quite old. Mm-hmm. Um, our school's been in existence uh, for 40 years now, and we've been in the same building that we just renovated, and it was there in existence before us. But where's the location again of the school? Sure. Uh, the school's in Southeast Portland. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so this, 
and we have we have several buildings, but the the building that we did the ma most major renovation, this net zero renovation on, was the oldest. It was also very un energy inefficient. We mm -hmm. had so many things uh, breaking all the time. Um, so it was just, we knew it was time for a renovation. Similarly, a couple of years ago, there's been this big push um, in citywide for a little bit more seismic safety around public and school buildings. So that was a big contributing factor as well. Um, we serve really young children. And when people realized the potential of a Cascadia earthquake event, um, we were really concerned about what our buildings looked like and how they'd be able to handle that. So the, the combination of the renovations and the high energy costs and this uh, seismic um, potential mm -hmm. made us really think that, okay, it's time to really re renovate our buildings. So it put us back to our values of neo-humanism and what is the best way that we can uh, support um, or at least put our values into practice. So yeah, so how did you guys find Green Hammer, the design and build company you guys partnered with? So we knew we wanted to um, go net zero at, at that point. And we were looking for companies that have done these kind of um, either passive house construction or net zero energy construction. Um, we we interviewed a group of like four different um, companies. And ultimately we chose Green Hammer because, uh, because of their values. We knew going into this, this was something we didn't know much about. I mean, we've never done a major renovation. So for us, like matching our values with the company was really important because we knew that we were gonna need them to really guide us through this. So, um, so we really liked them. There was also a couple other things. Um, they had experience working with uh, some other community projects and we really liked that. And they also um, had mentioned when we were getting to know them that, you know, that, that they would kind of help us and guide us a little bit um, in finding other resources of finances, the understanding that we were um, a nonprofit. So those things really uh, brought us to to choosing them, and um, and and we are so happy. We were we were extremely happy with uh, working with them. They were just invaluable. Great, great partnership. Yeah. So let's talk about. I would love to talk about the kids, the okay. kids, and how you go about this process. Because absolutely, what a learning opportunity. Sure. Well. Um, you know, the children definitely noticed it right away because they were moved <laughs> out of the classroom. Yeah. Into, we had to, um, you know, move into other other spaces so that they could do it. We, we still did it all on campus. We have uh, three buildings and uh, one was even a residential house that we used for that year um, while the children uh, were waiting for their new school building to be finished. So they understood that there was a construction going on. Uh, we would play outside every day. They, you know, it was happening. Of course, there was a safety fence around it, but we did have a lot of talk about it. Um, it was fun. They, they noticed, especially I think the, the biggest notice to them was when the building was being renovated. We actually deconstructed rather than tore it down. 
Um, but that was really fun for the children to see, you know, their literally school building being taken apart. <laughs> um, so, you know, their natural curiosity kind of led a lot of, a lot of the talk. Um, but we, we were telling them, you know, we told the children a lot of, of, of why we were doing this, that we were going to try to uh, make a building that was very safe and that could produce its energy from the sun, which for three and four and five-year-olds, it's kind of a really um, extremely abs abstract concept. It's almost like you know, the little sun fairies coming down and magic. <laughs> lighting up the Great magic, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we even did some, a little bit of, you know, child childlike um, explaining of it. So interestingly, as we move forward, um, so part, we, we did get a, a grant um, for doing this work uh, from the Renewable Development Fund. And part of that grant is to create an, an educational curriculum for our children now oh, that neat. the building is completed. Um, this was a huge, uh, big step for us. That was really scary, but part of the inspiration was that we have this beautiful platform. Uh, we have children and that is a big part of our neo-humanist philosophy is putting these uh, practices of connecting with nature and being gentle with nature into a way that is very tangible to the children that they can actually connect with each day. So um, similar that we have, uh, you know, a composting system so the children can understand the cycles of food and organic gardens, um, you know, having solar panels on the building is a way for the children to just really start to learn about that. Um, you know, telling them that, you know, our building is really warm because it has a thick blanket, like a warm coat on it. Um, you know, the, the thick walls is like a warm blanket is also another way for them to really understand tangibly of some of the choices that we're making. So what would you, what would advice would you give to other schools or, or other organizations, nonprofits about tackling something like this? <laughs> Don't be surprised if it feels overwhelming at first. I feel like that could be a real natural uh, reaction. Um, and then I would also say to take that step, even if it does feel overwhelming, if it feels too big, um, because, you know, we were able to do it and, and, you know, it just really took that, um, that commitment and that, that heart to say, yes, this is what our planet needs. And I think for us working with children every day, it's really easy to kind of keep remembering that, you know, our choices are setting um, the tone for these children's future. So I would say that, um, you know, how can, in some ways, how can uh, we afford to not do things in a more sustainable or energy efficient way? The other thing that I think is really important, which we learned from this process and what is so good for companies and organizations to go through is that when we talk about sustainability, it also has to be balanced with rationality. Mm -hmm. You know, your compassion also has to be balanced in that way. And um, everyone is not going to be able to maybe make a net zero building, yes. but we all have ways that we can reduce our energy. We all have choices that we make every day. And so, you know, it makes us think a lot about what we can each do, um, to, you know, to reduce 
reduce that. Yeah. I agree. Well said. Absolutely. Well, I think that's about all we have time for. Is there anything you would like to add or leave us with today? Um, you mean when you go into a design project like this, there's just so many choices and decisions to be made. And there was this constant balance for us between our values and the reality of, you know, our budget. And so working with, um, an organization that you can partner with that can really help you understand that and understand the choices you're making as you're doing this design and the costs. And I'm going to use air quotes. I know this is a podcast, but <laughs> quotes for cost because the cost is obviously not always money. You know, it's there's this environmental cost on all the decisions that we're making as we're going forward with this. Um, and so I do have to really. Um, share my gratitude for Greenhammer and all these organizations out here that are really trying to help other organizations like ourselves to um, do something that's better for the environment and, but not having the knowledge to do that. And so just really being there to mentor and guide us to realize these goals. And then here we are with this beautiful net zero energy building that so many people helped us with. That's wonderful. And thank you so much for your time. I feel really lucky to get to talk to you guys. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Don't go anywhere, listeners. Up next, we have Laura and Alex from Green Hammer. Hello, Alex and Laura. I am so excited that you can join me here on Grounded. Can you take a moment and introduce yourselves? I know since there's two of you, which is a lot of fun for us, let's go ahead and start with Laura. Sure. Hi, uh, my name is Laura Squalache and I am an architect at Green Hammer. I've been designing buildings for uh, about 15 years now. Yeah. Started my education in environmental studies and transitioned to getting a master's degree at the University of Oregon down in Eugene um, to complete my studies. Alex, how about you? Yeah, hi, Erica. My name is Alex Birdsell. I'm uh, Director of Sustainability and Operations for Green Hammer. I'm originally from Germany. I used to be a contractor. Um, in Germany and moved to Portland in 2006 and started with Greenhammer as a project manager and, you know, like been with the company for quite a while now. I am again, uh, thrilled that you guys are here and there's a couple reasons why I wanted to talk to you. One is there is a school, New Day School is the first net zero energy preschool in Oregon. And you guys were the designers and build on this. So I wanted to get you in and talk to you. And then the more I, I looked at Green Hammer in general, it's just a fantastic company. You guys are doing really neat things. Um, either one of you take this. Can you tell me more about Green Hammer, what you guys offer, its work in Oregon? And then of course, specifically the, the net zero energy projects. Sure, I can start Alex. Green Hammer is a full service design build firm based in Portland, Oregon. Um, we're also a certified B Corp. So what that means is that we offer uh, all architectural services that one might need. And then we also construct the buildings, we build them. Um, and by being both the designer and the contractor, we find a lot of efficiencies in the design build process, right? So our contractors are sitting down at the table as we're designing and contributing. Uh, cost estimation and constructability knowledge all the way through. Greenhammer, really, we we um, perceive ourselves as like a one-stop shop, right? So sure. we, like uh, Laura was saying, uh, we have the architectural service and the build service, and you know, energy efficiency and energy modeling in-house, and that is really what lets us achieve those results. Net mm -hmm. zero in general, you know, you could say we 
we started with Leafa Homes project in 2007 and 8 and then 2010 we built our first passive house project that was single family residential so uh energy efficiency has always been a big topic for us um and as technology evolved and prices for systems like solar pv came down you know like the net zero um aspect was really the project of that and we somewhat moved from single family zero energy projects to you know small multifamily and and now commercial projects and it just becomes more more feasible building on what alex was just saying green hammer prides itself on how we're always pushing the envelope. So as he was saying, you know, we started with lead for homes, buildings, et cetera. And um, now almost all of our multifamily projects are zero energy homes from Ankeny Row in Southeast Portland to Tillamook Row, and now Rose Villa down um, in the Southern Portland area. And we are one of fewer than 27 firms really nationwide that are actually meeting the American Institute for Architects 2030 commitment which is really cool. That means that we are actually meeting our goals for eliminating fossil fuel-based greenhouse gas emitting energy use in our buildings by 2030. And uh, in order to achieve that, really, we need all the other architecture firms out there to to do that too. Yeah, to come along. Okay, so let's go ahead and talk more about the New Day School project. Yeah, so as you mentioned, Erica, the most a simple thing to say about that preschool is that it is literally the first zero energy preschool in all of Oregon, which is pretty outstanding. Another really outstanding attribute of it is that it was a renovation, which as many of you in the building industry might know, adds complexity and challenge to achieving your zero energy goals. Um, because not only are there things about the building that you discover as you're in construction that make sure. the detailing of that building uh, different than what you had anticipated, um, is that there are unforeseen realities as you open up an existing building. Sure. So how, how old is the school? Yeah, the school has been around for decades. Um, it has a really beautiful philosophy about teaching children about how to care for both humans and the entire world and all living beings uh, on it. So they were a very special client to work with that really had sustainability and environmental consciousness, um, at the forefront of their priorities. What were some of the things that you factored in for for the kids and for the the teachers? Yeah, the design process um, that we went through with this client is classic of what we do with all of our clients, which um, is a very collaborative workshop-based process where we design with the client. So their voice is really at the table all the time. And what that starts with is really understanding the project criteria, right? So helping them understand what they really need versus what they really want. And what came out of those early design discussions were three priorities, really. Security, which is classic for a school to really prioritize. Serenity, which is specific to um, their philosophy of creating a calm environment that really inspires reflection and love. Um, And then the third being sustainability. And that really shown through in all aspects of the building in the end, from water catchment to um, energy goals that we'll talk about, I'm sure, coming up, um, down all the way down through the materials and making sure that they were natural, non-toxic, yeah. healthy materials throughout. Well, no, just to to extrapolate, it's, it, there's so many things that come together. What, what makes this an exceptional project? Because you know, energy efficiency has such an impact on the indoor environment, right? Now we're uh, introducing that to students is really critical, right? So that that um, 
what research has shown that cognitive uh, capacity increases if the indoor environment is healthy, right? If you have fresh air, uh, lower lower CO2 levels. So being able to offer that kind of technology to students is really exceptional. And then, and then as you were mentioning, retrofitting an existing building is really what we have to do. You know, we have so many existing buildings, we have to figure out how to do that. And what, so what we did here is, is essentially um, we improved the enclosure, right? Which means we added insulation, we added air tightness, which is something, you know, somewhat of a new terminology often for um, a lot of people, especially if they're not in the building industry, but maybe the best thing to um, picture this is everybody understands if I put, you know, like a wool uh, or a sweater on, right? It warms me up, but as soon as the wind blows through it, I'm still cold, right? Because I'm, I'm not airtight, right? So we put a, you know, like a Gore-Tex or a jacket over that, that kind of keeps the wind out as well. And so that's kind of what we're trying to do with air tightness, which is really critical to improve performance. Uh, so we are reducing our loads by, you know, with passive measures like insulation or like windows that let daylight in so we can reduce, you know, like artificial light. That's the first step, right? Conservation first. Right, absolutely. Um, yeah, you know, the next step is then like, okay, now we still have like a heating and cooling load and fresh air um, requirements and how do we service those? So now we go to efficient equipment. So this project chose, and most of our project choose to go all electric just because it's easy to offset, you know, like this equipment with on-site renewable energy. And so heat pump technology is really what we're choosing to, for both for space heating and water heating, right? So heat pump technology means, as the name might imply, we're really moving heat from inside to outside rather than generated. Um, which really makes the equipment efficient. And then on top of that, we're using 100% um, outside air. So we have equipment that is um, extremely efficient and allows us to bring in 100% outside air at all times at the demand level that's necessary for the number of occupants we have in the building. But we heat exchange, you know, so we're extracting heat or, you know, um, as um, as we're exhausting. Um, and so we're more, we're really efficient. Um, and then on top of that, right, so once we have reduced our loads through envelope measures and efficient equipment, now we install PV to make it a zero energy project. Thank you for that. So, uh, yeah, so we touched on this a little bit, what they needed and the needs to make net zero. Were there any challenges, surprises along the way? Good question. Yeah, one of the things that surprised me the most, which was a happy surprise, is that both the children and the parents of these kids uh, were not disturbed at all by the construction. In fact, they were very patient and quite interested and intrigued by what we were creating there and why. Um, I was anticipating a lot of strife, you know, as a parent of a child sure. that actually was attending the preschool during construction and knowing the real uh, impacts of construction with noise, yeah. dust, and duration of time that the children were going out going uh, to school without their formal classroom available to them, um, I was nervous about how other parents might perceive that construction experience. And yet everyone was fascinated and supportive of what we were creating for them. Awesome. So jumping ahead, where do you see the future of net zero design and build in Oregon and, and beyond? Alex, I'm going to let you go into maybe more of the specifics, but I wanted to start with 
kind of stating the, the meta statement, which is simply that what we're achieving at Green Hammer is completely feasible by any developer, architect, building owner, et cetera. All the technologies exist. The incentives are there to help you along the way financially. And it just takes a little bit of education if you're feeling overwhelmed yeah. by the new approaches um, and some creativity too, to invent new ways of achieving these same goals, whether they be net zero energy or even thinking broader in terms of net zero water, et cetera. And really, I think the building codes and their evolution are, are you know, going to be such that soon what we're doing is going to be required by everyone. Um, and so we're just going to continue to push the envelope and stay ahead of the curve. Heck yeah. Good, good with you guys. I love that. Alex. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you really think of what net zero means, you have, you know, it's a win, 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 right? So building owners get a more durable building that performs better. The occupants are happier, right? So the occupants win with a better indoor environment and the environment wins because we have, you know, we lower our emissions. So it, it's really, it, we have to find our way there and we are right so this is a this project is a a case in point that we can do this today um with a small existing commercial building if the mindset is right you know you know the opportunity here of course is that there's an entire community you know like all the faculty the parents the, you know everybody was really behind this endeavor and that's what we need we need the will to move there and um and as you know it's kind of difficult to say right now obviously our construction market and costs are like all upside down you know giving the situation we're in but it's fair to say that the costs to achieve zero energy are really coming down significantly and it's not the main hurdle anymore right, right. you know i feel alpha strongly the main hurdle is really um understanding understanding the issues understanding the solutions and 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 education most people will say like i have a you know 100 year old building I don't see that ever becoming zero energy. Well, you know, let's investigate, you know, let's talk about it. Let's see what are the approaches and the solution. So it takes commitment, it takes education, but we're close. And yeah. I'm pretty sure, um, uh, you know, like Laura was saying, it's the only way forward and, and we have the technology and, and I'm confident that, you know, that will be recognized in the market very quickly. Where do you see this education's place? Uh, early learning, like these preschool students or further down the road, high school, or even to the point of home buying uh, construction? Yeah, I mean, you know, the, 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 you know, I think that's what you what you um, were aiming at. But it was, you know, fascinating to see in this particular school, how, to a certain degree, the building became visible to students, right? You know, we're, we're just in buildings, we just take them for granted, we come in, and we might be you know, complaining if it's uncomfortable, but we're, they're just there and they just do what they need to do. They keep us, you know, warm and out of the rain. And all of a sudden, you know, kids realize, oh, this is a system. There's something happening here and this is how it's placed together. And it matters how they, what they do. And it matters to us, you know, uh, being in the building as well as to everybody, you know, the community, depending on how they perform. So that was really a neat, you know, neat experience to see how that, made it made a difference and not just for the built environment, you know, just like um, uh, highlighting how everything we do, our buildings, our traffic, you know, has an impact and we shouldn't just take it for granted and we should see like, well, what, what can we improve? But, but to your other point, I think education has to happen everywhere. You know, yes, early on is great to get, you know, like the kids excited about it, but I think making sure that the construction industry understands 
what the technology, um, what technology is available right now. Um, again, we are in a very unique situation right now, and people are probably hesitant to try out new things, new systems, new approaches. But you know, by by basically making this case in point that we are doing here, you know, showcasing this, and 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 I'm sure um, the school is going to be interested in spreading the word. But hopefully, that can be kind of an incentive to say, like, look. It can be done, you know, come and look at it and, and we can talk about it or as we do here, you know, just mm -hmm. talk about it and, and uh, our, you know, like we're at Green Hammer really below it, believe in, you know, the rising tide floats all boats, you know, we love to talk about it, you know, we, we go to conferences, we'd like to share our knowledge because we truly believe that, um, that we all need to understand what we can do today to improve and, and again, it's a win, 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 um, you know, uh, contractors, um, going to be able to improve their bottom line. You know, they're going to have happier clients. Owners are going to have happier tenants. And um, there's a lot to gain for all of us. And that's what people need to understand, you know, on top of like how the technology works. To so. piggyback on some of what Alex was just saying, um, three things really. Um, Earth Advantage is an organization here in Portland, Oregon that provides an amazing array of educational opportunities one of which Green Hammer prioritizes and makes sure that our employees go through what Earth Advantage calls their Sustainable Homes Professional course. So it's a several long month course that is in-depth and uh, broad in its thinking in terms of getting a builder, architect, or really any layperson um, up to speed on the sustainable building strategies and methodologies that are currently at the forefront of what's going on. Um, yeah. So that is a really helpful resource. Um, I also wanted to mention that although Green Hammer primarily takes on our own design and build projects, we also are totally available for consultation work. So like right now we are the zero energy um, consultant on a, one of the largest affordable um, housing projects that is going to be zero energy in the entire country, which is the Albertina Care Project out in Gresham. And so our role there is really as a consultant. So if you're a design firm or a contractor and you want to tackle these uh, goals, these lofty sustainability goals, but you don't quite know how to get there, there's firms like Green Hammer out there that you can add to your project team, right? And um, get get there. One of the things I want to touch on is your guys's approach to diversity, equity, and inclusion. I was, again, learning about you on your website, and there was some very powerful messaging and statements, commitments that Green Hammer has around with their projects, their staff, their partnerships with diversity, equity, inclusion. And I think there was a, a specific way that you guys spoke about it. The acronym was JEDI, which is, is fantastic. Um, can you tell me how you incorporate that into your days, into your projects, and how you carry out this mission through Oregon? I'm so glad you are asking about this. We are at the very beginning stages of really figuring out what justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion, or JEDI, means justice, to Green Hammer. Yeah, and um, I don't think we're alone in that process. I think that many companies are just at the beginning of figuring out how, what it means and how to incorporate it into their design and build process. Um, the reason why we're so inspired to tackle that 
really <laughs> incredibly broad work is because we recognize that the work that we do lasts generations, right? What we design today affects so many people, not just the client, right? But the community that it's embedded within and all of the trade partners and industries that are a part of what makes us, these buildings come together. Um, so what we've started to do is we've, we've really set goals, um, yearly goals for ourselves. And right now those goals are really educational. So the design team at Greenhammer is about five people deep and we meet weekly and we listen to podcasts together and we read articles together and we discuss them. And then we apply them in theory to how we could change our design process, right? Like how can we involve the communities that our design and our projects are gonna be in uh, during the design process? How can we get their voice at the table? Um, and you know other questions that we're tackling currently are like how can we help our clients prioritize affordable housing how can we help incentivize them and consider how we can kind of reverse gentrification that's just happening yeah. in portland and beyond yeah so that's exciting to hear thank you for sharing that with me um i would love to leave the floor open is there anything you want to share with us before we wrap up one of the things, Alex, that you made me think of when you were talking about how the construction of the New Day School inspired early learners, really preschoolers, to realize that a building isn't just a, a given, that it can be something different, um, is the way we integrated biophilic design elements into the design. And by biophilia, I simply mean, it's kind of an intuitive thing that now has a fancy name, but it's really taking nature as inspiration. And so in the New Day School, we integrated a lot of curves and natural mm. colors into the space. So there's a circular window in the main hallway and the, um, the delineation between the carpet and the linoleum floor that's made out of flax is this curving sinuous shape. And that's not mm. something that children usually see in a space. So I think it helps yeah. them from the very beginning, as they step into these new spaces, realize that a building doesn't have to just be um, what it typically is. It can be something different and it opens their minds to possibilities, um, which I think is really the critical element of being a good designer, right? Is to realize that things can be done differently. You don't need to just do what everybody else is doing. Alex, did you have anything that you'd like to leave us with? Yeah, I mean, I, I just wanted to say that again, you know, like we, now, at Greenhammer, we believe that healthy building are basic human rights, you know, and we we definitely acknowledge that there's still um, systemic injustice uh, as well in the built environment, um, and we acknowledge that, and we're 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 trying to do our part to increase opportunities. Um, we strongly believe that everybody deserves a healthy environment, whether it's indoors or outdoors. And anything we can contribute to do that, we're trying to make uh, strides towards that. So that's that's after we, you know, we master the technology, we can deliver these buildings, and now we have to understand like, well, how do we really make an impact on the community to to have them to have everybody take advantage of this, you know, in a fair and just way? I think that's really important for us at this point. Wonderfully said, and we are right there with you. So thank you again, Laura and Alex, for joining me. So inspiring. And follow up with you when our offices are open and same with yours and come check out your space and mm -hmm. do a follow-up podcast and check in about some of these other projects if you'll have me. So thank you again. And I hope you guys have a great afternoon. Thank you so much, Erica. Thanks, Erica. And you're always welcome in our office once we open again. So we're looking forward to see you there.
All right, that's all for us today. I hope you enjoyed learning about the New Day School and Energy Efficient Design and Build. Definitely check out the show notes at energyinfo.oregon.gov. I've collected some really great photos of the school and our guests and some resource links. Thank you for joining me. And as always, stay grounded.